0: Radio
1: Welcome, this is the episode of The Roman Show For the week of April 10th This week we welcome the directors of Lucha Mexico Which is streaming right now on Netflix This plus much more coming up on The Roman Show Step down to the get down Alright, whenever you're ready, you're
2: ready Five seconds to the open
1: First, right, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. go. Vital. We're going on. fly Guidance. Retro. Surgeon. Go. Blind. Go. We're going flight. GNC. We're going. To down here. Go. Control. Go. 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 F-A-O. We are going. Network. Go. Recovery. Go.
3: Go. go. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are going for launch.
2: The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman.
1: Well, welcome everyone. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman, alongside the dashing one, George Alonzo. We are back. We were away for some time, enjoying WrestleMania weekend. How did you do after the hangover? And then they caught you around uh, Orlando Street. Uh, What were you wearing, trunks? What were you wearing, a speedo or a thong?
2: They were Zumbas. Get right. And number two, you know, i never had hangovers. As a matter of fact, I'm now enjoying my caramel peanut margarita here. So don't worry about it. Everything's all good and dashing good.
1: Well, absolutely. Uh, your nonsense always follows through here on The Roman Show. But we'll be speaking some more about what occurred at WrestleMania 33. It's over. It's in the books. We were out there. Uh, in fact, we had a great barbecue prior to the actual show. We were live streaming that. Uh, on our Facebook page, and uh, do you remember the place?
2: Uh, the, not really. God, I'm trying to. God, Lee, now you caught me off guard with uh, asking for a place. Uh,
1: I remember anything. That was the Jaeger talking. All right, either way, guys, I'd like to invite everyone. Titan FC returns to action May 19th at the Pembroke Pine Center. You want to get your tickets right now on Ticketmaster.com. That's Titan FC. They'll be having two titles on the line. Great mixed martial arts action. I'll be announcing May 19th, Pembroke Pine Center. TitanFighting.com is the website to check it out. And we always talk about it, but you got to make sure you wear it. That's before, during, and after. Athlan Rub. Visit them right now. AthlanRub.com is the best thing you can wear. George wore that the night before uh, WrestleMania to prepare uh, all that action he had on the streets.
2: Actually, yeah. It worked very well. So I'm now relaxed due to it. So thank you, Aflan Rob.
1: There you go, AthlonRub.com. Check it out right now as we speak. Now, George, it's, it's been about a week now, but it's time to open the Dashing One Inbox.
0: got mail
2: all right so i have this email from anthony saying do strawberries work with the women man in your case anthony i will only give peanuts to represent you while i give them the the actual bananas so leave the big fruit for me
1: and there you have it if you need love advice or just life on your person, or, or advice on your personal life, send us an email, info at com, and the dashing one will share his, his advice right here on The Roman Show. And if you ever want to leave us a message, 786 is the number you need to call to leave us a voice message, and we will play it right here on the program. During the WrestleMania uh, weekend, we had a great opportunity to visit some great locations, including the shenanigans party up at the pub at Orlando. And I don't want to get into details, but it was a lot of fun. All I can tell you is we recorded a lot of interviews. You can check it out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rroman0201. We spoke to Blumini, Al Snow. ODB was there, too, in the house, talking about her food truck. Meet and greet. Get it? Meet and greet?
2: <laughs> yeah, now I get it. I, I, I actually now... That's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good.
2: Yeah, meet and greet. That, that's actually a nice swerve. I like it. That's cool.
1: Well, check out that interview right now, youtube.com forward slash rromano201, ODB, Al Snow, and uh, mini. And we're going to be at the uh, Florida Supercon Retro this weekend on Saturday. So we'll be speaking perhaps to some of the guys out there. you got Booker T, uh, Gangrel, now WWE Hall of Fame, and Doug T., or who's already been inducted? Actually, Teddy Long. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, Leva Bates.
2: Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, you know the list goes on. Uh, Alex Chamberlain. The return of SuperCon Wrestling. Uh, so it's a lot of things happening all at once. It's definitely something you should go watch right. and, and be part of.
1: That's right. The Florida SuperCon, the retro. Check them out right now. Tickets are on sale as we speak. FloridaSuperCon.com is the website. We're gonna talk some pro wrestling in. Our segment that we like to call Reality Check.
2: And now it's time to give you a, time to give you a... Reality, check. reality check.
1: Well, George, WrestleMania is in the books. We had a lot of fun, of course. We don't want to talk too much about it because you know it already happened. But what was your favorite moment? Yeah, WrestleMania.
2: Good, good question. Um... The return of the Hardys, actually. I have to say the return of the Hardys, just the electricity that was happening in the stadium was just enormous, and it was fantastic. Like, my emotions just went up the roof. So, uh, yeah, I definitely have to say the return of the Hardys.
1: I'm going to have to go with the retirement, or presumed retirement, of The Undertaker as he took off his gloves, hat, or cap or whatever you want to call it uh, and coat and left it in the middle of the ring. in fact they left it about 30 40 minutes after the show to pay respect to the icon, the living legend of the undertaker which he have not come on and spoken and said anything about it but pretty much it's in the book the man did retire.
2: Yeah it, it, this was something everyone was already noticing going into WrestleMania. Uh, that he, he was noticed in pain since the Royal Rumble. So people were already predicting that this retirement was gonna be set and it, it happened. Uh, some people were not accepting it, some people were. So it, obviously the people who weren't accepting it, we saw both live that there were people walking out of the stadium by the time the three counted to, to, to the campus. So basically I have to say is, uh, it, it was an emotional moment during that time so i have to say it, it wasn't my favorite but it was definitely top rick flair emotional retirement you know you know what i mean
1: and how ironic it wasn't in that very same building rick flair also retired there uh when he wrestled Shawn michaels so you got two legends that wrestled uh their last match in that building for the wwe because rick flair went later and wrestled for tna yep uh
2: I still don't count that TNA run as an actual run, though, because it was more like a, a kind of a managerial role that he held in TNA. He was uh, managing, I believe, the 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 Million Dollar Club or whatever they were calling themselves, uh, and they ended up being like uh, he was the the leader, like the Four Horsemen. They were the Four Horsemen of TNA. And he wasn't rarely working. He was working more...
1: He wrestled. There was a time with him and Hogan two squared off, remember?
2: Yeah, but he only wrestled twice, if I recall. It was one time against McFoley, and then the other time against Hogan. But that was about it. So, really, in reality, did you really count how many times, uh, you know, they, that, that technically that you wrestled, I don't really consider it a run. I considered it more a managerial role in TNA.
1: Well, either way, I could tell you this. Two of those two legends uh, retired in that same building. But WrestleMania overall was very good, very fun, lots of surprises. But now it's time to kick into gear and let's talk about what is presently going on. And let's get straight to the point. One topic that has been hot on social media, George, is the absence of commentator... Mauro Ronaldo. We, we we don't know exactly what happened. He's been missing in action. WWE hasn't really come out officially uh, and said, okay, Mauro no longer works for the WWE. But there are hints online, including his Twitter feed, that mentions nothing about WWE and more about his uh, contract or workings with Showtime and in boxing um, and, and other uh, MMA promotions as well. But it seems to be that JBL, his colleague, hasn't played a role in this by bullying. Now, we don't know the full scoop, but CBS Sports did write an article about the whole situation. But this is pretty unfortunate, and a lot of folks on social media, on the internet, have signed a petition calling for the firing of JBL. Now, there have been talks that JBL is a bully. Justin Roberts, in his book, was quoted saying that apparently they stole his passport. Uh, And and this was all because of JBL's calling.
2: Here's the thing. There's a lot of um, fingers being pointed. uh, And it's kind of a situation where it's like uh, you you don't know if it's true or not because uh, JBL – no one has been able to prove in the fact that JBL is this bully. You know, sometimes, you know, a person just doesn't like someone else and that's automatically labeling you as a bully. That doesn't label you like a bully, in my opinion, just because you don't like them, Hey, you're being honest. You're being truthful. Hey, you don't like the guy. Uh, now, you know, for their non-working relationship in the WWE and I'm talking about JBL with Mauro, you know, of course, to each his own. Uh, you know, you don't bring your problems to the workplace. And it ended up being what it is. Uh, you know, Morrow left uh, or fired or quit or whatever you want to call it. Then JBL is being labeled as this bully. It's, I, I don't know what to tell you I because I don't know any facts in any of this. I'm not going to call JBL bully because I don't know. And Morrow, I guess, has a right to because he was there. So, But Morrow was a great addition to the WWE when he was there.
1: Maro was great I, I, to me. He was like a modern Joey Styles, you know. The, the guy was phenomenal. He knew the moves. It's not like he just sugarcoated things and make it more about the storyline. He caught the shots like a commentator supposed to do in pro wrestling.
2: As a matter of fact, when he uh, commentated with Daniel Bryan on the Cruiserweight Classic, it was some phenomenal work on the commentary table. I'm not doubting that he was he was phenomenal. Now, it, it, does it suck? Yes. But does it suck for Morrow? Probably not because now he doesn't have to deal with the situation that he was dealing with. So in reality, what do I know? I can't really label JBL bully because I don't
1: know. Well, let's hope and see as this story develops. And, you know, for some reason we don't see JBL in the WWE, I think we got our answer. Uh, Either way, let's uh, switch gears here and let's talk about this drunken uh, tirade or this drunken rant that Alberto De Rio, who's now with Impact Wrestling, former WWE champion, went on Periscope. That guy lost it. You know, he goes by the name of Patron, but I think he had too much Patron that night because him and Paige were on just ranting about Triple H and the former company that he used to work with, which was WWE, of course. And he also called out uh, saying that the company was interested in him bringing him back, which in the end turned out to be true. He was not lying. But, yeah, we love Alberto. We've spoken to Alberto a couple of times here on the show. He's a very nice man. I know he's gone through a lot of stuff, especially with Paige and all of that. But you're playing with a double-edged sword here. you know. And this is potentially a guy that he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame at one point.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, as a matter of fact, Alberto Rio was is one of the best... Hispanic wrestlers ever to come across from Mexico over to the United States. Uh, as a matter of fact, he started off his career as Dos Cadas Jr. Uh, and came over to the United States and decided um, uh, to unmask when Vince McMahon first hired him with the WWE. That man has. And, and here's the cool thing he didn't even go through developmental, he skipped developmental and came straight to the main roster. That's something a lot of people don't know. But basically, Alberto Del Rio is definitely the face of Hispanic wrestling. You know, he he did his, his work very well, continues to do his work very well in the independence when he is booked. But sometimes he goes that little overboard and kind of questions his, his image when he does those videos of the drunken videos and all that stuff. So it, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You don't know which side you're going to get.
1: I mean, they're very entertaining, don't get me wrong, but just some of the things that he says, and he's such a great talent. He really, truly is. Alberto DiRio is a really great talent and and, and deserves to be out there uh, with the top, with the elite. Not not to take anything away from Impact Wrestling, but he deserves to be in the E. The guy has great talent. He's good at what he does.
2: Yeah, of course. He 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 wouldn't be in this business for this long. The wrestling business is in his blood, Mr. Roman, from his father, all the way down to himself it's in his blood he knows what he's doing he, on top of that he even he even uh, you know went as far as training in MMA at one time the man knows what he's doing I and now he's owning a restaurant from what I believe uh, he's an active MMA fan and as a matter of fact he's even getting page into MMA herself like training not not to say hey, go do a fight but like he's training her so he knows what he's doing. He has a great mind for this business. Uh, as a matter of fact, on June the 10th, you could catch him at the SWF, uh, roll the dice up in New Jersey. Uh, tickets are already on sale. They, uh, they announced the sale date today. But basically, it will be Alberto Del Rio versus uh, Pentagon Cedomielo in the main event. And that's a huge dream match. So what I'm saying is basically he's the face. He knows what he's doing. We'll see.
1: We'll see what happens. Yeah, Alberto is the uh, El patron. He is the manager or, or the face or president of Combate Americas, which uh, on the program next week we will have Roman Salazar, who will be main eventing that card, and that will be on UFC Fight Pass. But it, it's pretty sad to see that. And, and, I mean, again, he has a lot of pressure. The page incident with the whole leaked um, sex tapes and so far, so much. And they're, they're going to get married now. There's a lot, of, a lot of stress for 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 Alberto. Uh, hopefully, he shapes up and uh, you know turns things around. But speaking about Mexicans, speaking about Hispanics, Lucha Mexico is a documentary featuring several Mexican luchadors, including Shocker, Perro Aguayo, who passed away recently. These guys show up in this documentary, and they follow them step to step. From beginning to top, what got him into the business, how the people react to them, and so much more. You can check the documentary out right now on Netflix, streaming. Have you seen it, by the way?
2: No, I haven't had a chance.
1: You better get your ass and see it, man.
2: Uh, now I will.
1: I'm telling you, it is absolutely amazing. And one thing that I noticed, George, and I tell this to the directors who will be joining in just a few here on the program as we pre-recorded this interview, but is... You know, here in the States, you remember what happened in WrestleMania. There were some fans outside of the hotel. They called the cops. They kicked them out. Well, in Mexico, it's a little bit different with the pro wrestlers over there or the luchadors. They actually stop and they take pictures and sign uh, your T-shirt or, or whatever it is. They sign it. They don't they have a big deal. They don't give you any attitude. The luchadors are more than happy to greet and speak to the fans. And I've seen this myself on a personal level when I went to Mexico and saw the Lucha Libre uh, the, uh, the Ciudad de Mexico in, in, in Mexico City uh, and, and I got to tell you in Arena Mexico which is considered the cathedral of uh, Lucha Libre and it's completely different you will notice this in Lucha Mexico the documentary streaming right now on Netflix coming up next on the Roman show the directors of Lucha Mexico which by the way they're working on a part 2
2: Oh r- r- Jesus talking about facet action but I, I need to catch up on part 1 at least
1: you better get your ass and hurry up and watch the Netflix stream.
2: Uh, well, like I said, I'm going to start watching it once we're done. You
1: don't bootleg the Netflix.
2: Oh, trust me. I, this dashing one doesn't do any bootleg. If anything, people bootleg me trying to be like me.
1: All right, coming up next the directors of Lucha Mexico right now on The Roman Show. Monster Energy, Fort Rock returns
2: to Chet Park, April 29th and 30th, with Jeff Leopard.
3: I'm ready, ready. Sound Garden. Man, come with your also featuring a perfect circle, Mastodon, Chevelle, Papa Roach, Caesar, Three Days Great, Alter Bridge, The Pretty Reckless, Highly Suspect, In This Moment, Nothing More, and The Return of the Offspring. Monster Energy Fort Rock, South Florida's biggest rock experience. Over 25 bands, 2 days of non-stop rock and roll. Tickets are on sale now. Go to fortrockfestival.com for GA and VIP tickets, hotel options and more.
1: Fort Rock, fueled by Monster Energy drink. Well, everyone, thanks so much for joining us on The Roman Show with all the Wrestlemania festivities pretty much under wraps. It's time to get things and kick things up to gear. And uh, here's a really, really great documentary I want to advise you guys to watch. It's currently right now on Netflix and available in the United States and in Canada. But Lucha Mexico. You need to watch this stuff. It's, it's amazing. I had an opportunity to go to Mexico myself and go to Arena Mexico and see the fans, how different they are uh, compared to the United States and, heck, even in Japan. I've seen wrestling in Japan, but it's an honor for us right here at the Roman Show to have the directors of the, of the documentary, Alex Hammond and Ian Markovich. Alex, Ian, thanks so much for joining us on the Roman Show.
0: Thank you. Happy to be here with yeah, you.
1: thanks for having us. Thanks, Alex and uh, Ian. So, first and foremost, let's set the picture here for the, the, the folks listening to the show Lucha Mexico how, how long was the filming of this documentary because along the time span you had two uh, two of the wrestlers one of them being El Perro who passed away uh, during this filming you you follow great guys like El Shocker um uh, these are great well-known names in Mexico and also here in the United States so how long was the filming and how did it all come about
3: Well we you know we started with research uh a few years back, the actual filming probably took place over about five years. Wow. Um, the, the thing is, you know, we, we did another film in the middle, so it kind of stretched the amount of time we would have spent maybe normally. But at the same time, you know, uh, things like parallel bio dying, obviously that was something we had to really address, and that made it, you know, something that took more time too. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the film kind of came about uh, over uh, over a bit of time, it wasn't, something that we, you know, you can't just jump in and say, I want to make a pill about Lucha Libre, and everybody, you know, just gets on board. These are mass wrestlers, and, and wrestling is very secretive. So we, it took a long time just to get to the point where we were really shooting, you know?
1: And going through all this, uh, you had to travel all over Mexico as well, because, I mean, different areas, different cities, uh, they have a different fan base. Can you let us know a little bit about that?
3: You know, the fans in Mexico, it, it's a pretty different thing. And I don't want to say anything that disparages the, yeah. uh, the fans in the U.S., but the, the demographics, I guess you might say, in Mexico are different. You've got kids, you've got really, really old people. Everybody's there having fun. Everybody's there enjoying themselves. And, you know, the thing sometimes you get in the U.S., you get a lot of fans who maybe they're watching it ironically or they're just there to, to you know, kind of boo. And to not it almost seems like they're not there to have fun. You don't get that at all in Mexico. People are going nuts, and they're they're having a really good time, um, just across the board. So it, it's uh, it's a very different vibe. It's also kind of family oriented. Even if the show gets really violent and crazy, you're still going to see kids and families there having fun, having snacks, enjoying themselves. And that's true all across the country.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the big, that's the, the joy of making this film was, was really traveling, going from you know not only just Arena Mexico, the biggest you know, wrestling venue for Lucha Libre, but to then travel out in the, you know, into these little pueblos on the bus overnight and, and just seeing the crowds and the different, you know, families coming out just, just to have fun and escape. And that's, that was
3: so much fun.
1: You know what really puzzled me is because these wrestlers, especially in Mexico, they live such a secretive life, but you guys were able to go in there and follow them step-by-step, from the morning they got up all the way to the time they went to sleep. Was that a challenge?
0: (laughs) Yes. um, You know, that that was a big challenge. And, again, what Ian said earlier, that why certain things took a while to to get the trust. Um, We were coming from the outside, of course, without, you know, coming in with a big network behind us. We were independent filmmakers. But, you know, they saw that we were coming back, you know, and again over the years. And, um, of course, shocker who had no mask really helped I mean and not only was that helpful but also he was a great you know personality is you know he let us come in to his lives and and, and he trusted us to be with him and then there's luciman that's a little bit more secretive I guess you'd say but he still opened up and I mean we really got lucky I have to say because we got to meet so many different types of wrestlers and that was that was you know again not many people get to, to experience that.
1: And what prompted you guys to to look and make this documentary on Lucha Libre? I mean, who, how did it all come about? Are you guys professional wrestling fans as well? Uh, I definitely am. I've been a fan since I
3: was a kid. Um, I was not a fan before. <laughs> so so the, the thing is, is that I, I, you know, I obviously, cause, you know, I'm from the U.S., WWF mm-hmm. when I was a kid, WWU, you know. So that, that's the thing I grew up with. Um, but I had seen, you know, like, some of the Lucha movies on TV. And then I saw Lucha Libre on the Spanish channel. Uh, and it was something that always interested me. And I wanted to make a wrestling film that was kind of different than a lot of what you see that show wrestling, maybe from a more inside perspective and more the way they perceive themselves. So it was, you know, different than the wrestling films we've had in the past. And uh, I wanted Lucha to be part of it because I think that is a significant part of the business. And a lot of guys in the U.S. go there and they work, they rehab or they build up their career when they're young or whatever. And there was a point where Alex and I were working on another project, and I said, you know, because she's Mexican, um, her mother's family's from Mexico, uh, I thought she would be interested in Lucha Libre, and I showed it to her, and, you know, as I say to everybody, like, all of a sudden, it just took over, you know? Oh,
0: yeah, I mean, the first moment I saw the the, the match, well, it was on a TV, of course, and I knew about Lucha, it's not like I didn't know anything about it, but for some reason, just, it never permeated my world, and... Um, I saw it and I told the I said, don't make your American film, make a Mexican lucid film, I'll help you, I want to be part of it, I want to know what, what who are these people behind the masks, um, and so we went down to Mexico, and it was really like just going to a show that, that really made it solidify that this was something I wanted to, to get into, and and it was a subject, of course, that was so visual and, and fascinating, and char- you so know, many different characters, so I was, this was going to make a great movie. Um and of course now I'm a huge fan and I get so excited every time I'm there. I mean it's it's not it never gets
1: old. You know, one thing I noticed from 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 watching uh, Lucha Mexico and and it's so funny. I was there last year actually that I checked out um, live lucha libre so I know all the excitement and how crazy people get out there and and, and those beers they have chile chile. They have hot chili on uh, on the rim of the cup. I don't know how they drink that stuff. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a new one. No clue how they do that. But one thing that really got to me is how humble these pro wrestlers are. And, and I don't want to call out names here, but, you know, you got some wrestlers here in the United States, and when you see them, they just turn around and they don't want to take a picture or sign your autograph. But these guys are so humble, especially Shocker, who owned that, the, the restaurant, and he's working in his restaurant, and he's taking pictures and signing autographs. It's it's it sees the difference in uh, in the wrestlers and the fans in Mexico compared here to the states.
3: Yeah, well, actually, this is something we talk about a lot, and it's something I've brought up because having been a wrestling fan for a lot of years and gone, I've gone to tons of shows in the U.S. Uh, and now tons of shows in Mexico, and there's a world of difference in the sense that you know, if you go to a show in the U.S., there's like a there's a real barrier between you and the wrestlers, mm-hmm. and you know, you can go to the meet and greets for certain events, but. More often than not, meeting the wrestlers, and I've also met wrestlers outside of the context of the show and in other instances because I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut uh, or around Stanford, Connecticut, where mm. WWE has its headquarters. Sure. And it's like you meet these guys sometimes, and like they just they don't want to give you the time of day. Right. Um, whereas in Mexico, even at a show, there's no barrier really. Anybody can reach out and touch these guys, and they're always going to sign autographs. I've never seen a guy in Mexico turn their back on the fans. They're always if anything, give way too much and they'll stand there forever signing autographs. And, you know, to me, that, that's how it should be because these are the heroes for the people. You know, and I again, I wouldn't call out names in the U.S. either because there are some wrestlers i met up there that are fantastic. So, But it's it's just such a different vibe down here.
1: Yeah, it is. And, it, and I noticed, I was like, wow, how, how humble they are, how nice they are. I mean, here you, you get arrested for going up for a wrestler, for God's sake. They're, they're arresting people all the time. But, <laughs>
0: well, you know, just to, just to add to that, is obviously Shocker, you know, we became, he's a friend of ours, and, and we'd go to the movies, Cinepolis, and even just walking from the, the car to the theater, he would just stop on the escalator, take the pictures, I mean, he can't hide, you know, the mask wrestlers, though, on the other hand, you know, they can, because they just go home, their mask off, they're masked up, they're another they're themselves, I guess, right, and so, they can have a, a, a more of a private life, um, but of course, we were never
3: going to shoot them out the mask, so... So that's the
1: difference, too. So what has been the reaction now that, like, for example, Shocker saw the movie, uh, and some, I know you're going to show it now in um, in Mexico at a film festival, but what has been the reaction from the pro wrestler, the pro wrestling community, Luta Libre community?
3: Well, thankfully, actually, you know, and and I think this is because we were very respectful and, you know, trying to represent them as they saw themselves. Um, Their reaction has been very positive, and the Lucha community here has has really supported us um, since they've been seeing the film, and, and you know, obviously it's grown over time because you can't show the film to every single person right off the bat. But as we've been hearing about it, uh, you know, the, the positivity of it has been has been really reaffirming. You know, because we the last thing we wanted to do was to make a film where when the wrestlers watched it they were like, well, that's not really our life. That's not you know, that's not true. You know, so so it's been it's been good. It has been good.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chakra obviously has been the one who's come out. Blue Demon's come out to screenings, and you know, I would say most people have seen. It, I think that this, this screening, like we said, sexy starts coming down to see it. Um, you know, now that it's on Netflix in the states, obviously more people can see it. But um, but it's been good. It's been positive. We're, we we couldn't be happier. And but, yeah.
1: So I mean, this is a hit. It's been a hit on Netflix. So the people are watching, they're talking in online, are we going to see a follow-up to Lucha Mexico, perhaps Lucha Mexico 2?
3: Yeah, there's, uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest, there's a piece that we've put together that's maybe not totally complete, that um, you can see some of it, I guess, in U.S. on the DVD, but we're going to expand it to a, a more of a full-length piece um, to be released, uh, with, with a little bit of follow-up stuff, but also a lot of characters that didn't make the original film, scenes, and you know, other moments with characters that are are in the film that just we didn't have enough time for. Um, it, so it's sort of a part two in a sense. And then, you know, down the line we have another idea for a follow-up that would connect very much to this, but that would, you know, that, that's maybe on the back burner a little. But there is definitely another part coming along that, that uh, we're, we're pretty happy to be sharing.
1: And, and, and one more question here. Again, I mentioned this prior that during the filming of this, this uh, documentary there were some wrestlers who passed away how was that difficult to get like like a shocker you know these they worked with pedro wild they worked with all these guys how was it working with them through in that that phase of um, of sadness you know of, i just lost my brother who i wrestled with or my coworker that i work with all the time in, in in the ring oh yeah i
0: mean i mean it was really difficult i mean with Fabian, and um you know that that happened very early on when yeah. we started shooting and um, I mean, it sort of came out of nowhere, and, and you know, Shocker was very close to him. There were other wrestlers that we interviewed that were very close to him, and um, they, you know, of course, it took took a while for, but that was difficult to edit, just because, he, you know, Fabio was such a nice guy, and hmm. he'd opened up to so much. He'd shared his gym with us, and we'd, we'd have lunch with him, and um, and then, of course, with Peril, um, again, we were thinking we were going to make this, like, fun movie, you know, and then that first thing happened, and then as we were finishing the film, and we had finished the cut, Paro died, and then we had to, again, deal with that and talk to the rest of like Damien and Halloween, who, who, it was just so heartbreaking to to have to do that, you know, and because it was such a freak thing, and... I yeah,
3: mean, well, I mean, the, the, another thing that you're talking about, two people, you know, a lot of people also mention the fact that, like, uh, Dr. Ecky uh died along the way. He was in the match where Fabian loses in mask. Wow. Um, we didn't know him as well, um, and he died around the same time as Fabian. Wow. Um, but he's in this a little bit. And then Hector Garza, who is a yes. little part of the other piece. I mean, we might put out some stuff with him, but again, he's somebody we didn't know necessarily as well. But, you know, there's a lot of different people. I think with Fabian and Terrell, though, uh, they were two people who really let us in in certain ways and, and like Peril was very supportive of us and knew he understood what we were going for with the film and was he did a lot to try and help us and, and to push forward with us and uh, give us access to, to things. So you know when 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 somebody dies like that, you you know, I guess there are different ways you could treat it, but we thought well what we have to do is honor them and honor them the best way we can by, by showing them and their life and a little piece of them and what they meant to people. Uh, and and you know not to exploit the death but to celebrate them as, as the people they were. So we don't we kind of don't want it to be dwelling on the depth, but you have to address it, and, and it's just it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and we, we uh, hope we struck the right balance with that because they were great guys,
1: and yeah. we hope that people can see it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ian, Alex, thank you so much for your time. Check out Lucha Mexico right now on Netflix, available in the United States and in Canada. And you can visit, visit com for more information. If you're a pro wrestling fan, and honestly, guys, you don't even have to be a pro wrestling fan. I think this is just a, a, a documentary that anyone could see this other side about just being luchadors or professional wrestlers. I mean, these guys, you go in-depth in their life what they go through. It's a job they do. They put their bodies on the line, and they show you the struggles. So thank you, guys, for for. Putting that out there to light because not too many people are aware of it and those fans that, are Lucha, libre, that are, are Lucha libre fans or wrestling fans get to know that other side of the business. Thanks to you guys. Thank
3: you. Well, thank, thank you. you. And that's exactly what we hope people see, you know. We, we appreciate that. Thank
0: you so much, Renaud. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you, guys, and appreciate Again, once again, Lucha Mexico. Check it out right now on Netflix, both available in Canada and in the United States and soon all over the world. Thanks so much, guys.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world,
1: welcome to The Showdown. Alright George, well, there you have the directors of Lucha Mexico. Make sure you watch it now on Netflix, streaming in the United States and Canada only. We'll be streaming later in other places around the world on Netflix. Well, UFC 210 is over. DC, Daniel Cormier retained his light heavyweight title. And Anthony Rumbo Johnson retired on that very same night. But the whole story behind this was how DC weighs in a 206. A 206 to change. People are saying, what the hell is this? What's going on? He, he, he asked to leave for about two to three minutes. Then he comes back, and all of a sudden, he's 205. And people are shouting, what the hell is this? So anyways, D.C. beats Anthony Johnson fair and square. And he, he, he won a fair, very fair, fair, fair. And they're booing him while he's having his victory speech, and then we learn about Anthony Johnson's uh, retirement. But either way, D.C. is getting a lot of heat. In fact, he calls himself the Roman Reigns of mixed martial arts because the people are just booing him. Now, I know he comes off as a little bit arrogant because he does, but it's funny because then across from him, outside of the octagon, you have John Jones, and we all know all the trouble that John Jones has gotten into, but despite that, he gets the booze, and John Jones doesn't.
2: Uh, what do you want me to say? Um, personally, I believe, uh, yes, there's a mystery behind the whole one pound thing, yeah, you're up Definitely a big time mystery. Uh, time will tell what's gonna happen, you know, come uh, you know whenever they do find a solution for all this, because it is weird how one minute he's wearing something and the next minute he's not, and it only took two minutes so i I, I don't know what to tell you in that situation, but then he gets booed after just beating a rumble, and then John Jones, the same guy who also have broken the law. Has done many, many stuff to, um, from cheating the fans out of the uh, out of a fight they want to see between Cormier and him. I, I don't know. It's like it's a toss up. It's like, hey, who are you booing for? Who are you cheering for? But that's why those people pay their money. They could boo or cheer whoever they want. One day they could, you know, boo said person. The next day they could cheer for him. They're paying for those tickets, so let them speak their opinion. In this case, they were speaking their opinion against Cormier, so let them speak.
1: Well, Anthony Johnson retired. He made the announcement. And, and, uh, again, once again, social media, lovely social media, the trolls, those bunch of bums that don't work, and all they do is sit back and steal Wi-Fi from McDonald's and tweet their lives away. We're just basically talking trash about all the coaches, how they left Anthony Johnson, who is talking about his retirement, And they left him by behind. He reads the truth. Henry Hooth, the coach, was upset. He was pissed off. Anthony Johnson didn't follow the directions. They went through a plan. And he said, you know what? I'm pissed off. So he ended up leaving. And Johnson was looking for his coaches. But then they had a conversation after the announcement. And they pieced it. Either way. The internet was going wild over it. But listen. Despite that. Despite the whole situation. Anthony Johnson was a great, great fighter. Uh, You know, the guy just... Wanted out of MMA. He, he said he's had enough. Like he said, he was tired of taking punches and rolling around with dudes. And he wanted a change. So the rumor is, he was heading to the NFL. He's already gone and said and stated and quoted he is not going to the NFL. Plus, I don't know if he's going to the But, he might be going to pro wrestling, George. We might be getting another guy, which I asked that to Blue Meanie that is, an, is a mixed martial artist jumping ship to pro wrestling. And let me tell you, Anthony Rombo Johnson is a scary dude. You, uh, well, no, you were not there. I actually saw him. I've interviewed him several times, but I saw him at a SmackDown show uh, here in South Florida. So it's a rumor. But let me tell you, if Anthony Johnson were to make that jump from MMA to pro wrestling, we got a serious contender.
2: And you know who started this whole MMA going over to wrestling? Dan Beast Severn. Basically, it's been a popular thing since Dan the Beast. It went down to Tank Abbott, to Ken, Ken Shamrock, to, you know, the list goes on and on, to the Ronda Rousey's, Matt Riddle, you know. Shanna Baszler. Yeah, Shanna Basler, Baszler. Uh, Basler. sorry. Uh, basically, these are all things that is not stranger to the world of professional wrestling. Uh, we've seen a lot of transitions from MMA to pro wrestling. But at the same time, we also have seen a lot of transition from pro wrestling to MMA. And as much as both promoters do not respect each other's sport per se, because we've heard Dana White talk about wrestling, and we've heard it well, technically, we've never heard wrestling talk about UFC. But there are certain individuals within both organizations that respect each other's sport. And those are the people, the ones that are transitioning, that respect. So. Do what I like to see Rumble in a wrestling ring. Sure, if Matt Riddle stealing shows all over the country, let's see what Rampage, uh, Rumble can do.
1: Well, let's see. I like to see Ron Anthony Johnson uh, inside a pro wrestling ring. It'd be a lot of fun. With that said, we like you. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to the Roman Show this week. Make sure you visit us on our website, theromanshow.com. Follow us on our social media, twitter.com forward slash the Roman Show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash OroMano201, where we will have some new interviews posted very, very soon. With that said, we'll catch you on on the Roman Show if you haven't on. You haven't heard. We'll catch you next week right here as we welcome Roman Salazar on the program and coming up very soon, George, Ring of Honor wrestler, former Impact Wrestling wrestler and tag champion, and now the basis of Tech Bedford Perfection cast the heavy metal rebel right here on the program as we talk some rock on the program coming up very soon so tune in very very soon to hear that interview we'll catch you here right next program of the roman show thanks so much